Welcome to the Pursuit Table Talk podcast with Pastor Russell Johnson and Lou Engel. Listen in as they talk through intercession, calling, and Roe v. Wade. That God suddenly returns to his temple, and in doing so, the smoke of God fills our sanctuaries to such a degree that young men and young women cry out, I am undone. I like the way the King James says it. Isaiah says it this way, I am ruined. Yeah. I'm looking for a generation ruined by the presence of God. No, no turning back. Yeah. We're not just going to play denominational games and just Christian karaoke, and we're just going to show up and go through the right. motions like a desperate, hungry generation that says, give me revival or take me home. Yeah. And that's what we're contending for. Yeah. But in many ways, you know, and I told you this last night, but I, but I say it because it's true. You know, I feel like guys like myself, Josiah, others, we stand on the shoulders of the legacy that you have believed for and contended for. And, you know, when we got this harebrained idea a year ago that we were going to rent the stadium and hold Easter service in there, and then, you know, we was going to invite Pastor Benny Hinn for a healing crusade on Sunday night of Easter. Like, you have to understand that the reason why I even dared to dream that dream right. is because you've gone before and showed me it's possible. <laughs> and like the reason why I say that is because like in many ways, what's happening here right. in Seattle and beyond is the fruit of your labor. And we operate as sons and daughters who are standing on the stage of history because you've made room for us. And for me, like that's what is so valuable about when God does a multi-generational work is because we're going, hey, we, we, are, we are operating in faith because somebody modeled to us that it was possible. And, you know, I love <laughs> revival history. I love revival history. And I love what God did in the Wesleyan movement and Azusa Street and Hebrides and, and you name it. But if God doesn't give us a story of our own, right. then all, all, all we are doing is, 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 you know, interacting with the presence of God in the context of a rest home right. with yeah. a bunch of folks on hospice care waiting to go home. <laughs> and it's like, God has to give us a story of our own. Absolutely. God has, why? Because in a hundred years, they'll talk about this moment. Right. They will. And that's why I love you. And we're so honored to have you with yeah. us at Pursuit Conference 23, because for me, I'm like, whether you've known it or not, you have fathered this movement from afar. Yeah. And like tonight, as you minister, and I know you will, but I want you to minister with like a great sense of pride because as you look out on that crowd, lay hands on people and prophesy, uh, who, you are ministering to people that you have labored right. in birth pains until they are formed by Christ. And so we are the extension. And so, you know, we're just here to say thank that's, you. That's the joy of my life yeah. is to see the sun. I mean, Landon Schott said, I learned to do 40-day fasts. From you, Lou. Yeah. Now, that's insane, but I love this. When the new breed comes, and they're double portion, yeah. new breed kind of guys. And so I look back at my journey. We're praying for, uh, we, you know, 400,000 kids go to the mall. Today, Labor Day, Labor Day, 23 years ago. Wow. And here we are, and I'm in another generation. Most of them don't know the story. Right. We need to tell those stories. Yeah, yeah. You know them, and it ignited you. Yes. And I'm believing God that he's going to hear all those prayers yeah. that we prayed back then. I've prayed, God, so many of them have fallen away. But I'm praying, God, bring them all back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that scripture that says? It's when a tree has been cut down, mm. when there, when there, and there's, uh, uh, 
It says, but there's, what is, you know the passage, when a tree is but cut down, there's still hope. Yeah. Because at the scent of water, yeah. new shoots will spring forth. If they just smell revival, right. they'll start springing up. So you guys are the new shoots. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, uh, Lou, as somebody who has really stewarded this, and this has been your, your life's message for, for several decades, um, for you, as you are in the Pacific Northwest, in the Seattle region, what are you sensing in your spirit that God is getting ready to do amongst this people and amongst this generation? Like, what do you, what do you hear from the spirit as you're there last night at the University of Washington, as you're here tonight in Snohomish? Like, what do you sense God would have in store for the Pacific Northwest? Well, I had this remarkable day today. I went, I went to Starbucks, the original Starbucks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went down there to pray. My friend, who's been a prophet with me for 40 years, had a dream. I actually had the dream about him. Very quiet man. But he has dreamed, and I've been the voice of those dreams for 40 years. Most of the movements wow. that we've been birthed has been fueled by his revelation. And I had a dream some years ago. And in this dream, I'm in a circle of people, our leaders, and Chris Berglund, this man, this prophet guy, very quiet man, is there. And a woman walks into our circle and says, did any of you have a dream last night? And I said, no, did you? And she says, yes. I dreamed last night that Chris Berglund was leading a movement that will touch the whole world. And I'm thinking... He's not the leader. I'm the leader. <laughs> Why is he? And he will lead it with three words. Celeste, sirens, and Starbucks. Mm. And God gave us the understanding of it. The reason he's leading it, because everything comes down out of the celestial realm. Wow. The revelation. I'm the siren. I open my mouth. Bones rattle. Movements occur. I tell his dreams. Movements are, and Starbucks is the apostolic application wow. of the prophetic. And today, and I don't know how much I can say this, but I, today, this man I was with said something about Starbucks, and the Lord just spoke to me, go down to Starbucks, because that dream was actually the counterpart wow. of Starbucks. It's the celestial woman. Right. Wow. It's the, it's the right, siren. Right. Right. You right, go right. down the logo, there and the you logo. see her. Yeah. The logo is the seductress. Right. On, on the wall of that Starbucks is a transgender painting, huge. Right. And the Lord spoke to, my, spoke to me, said, Lou, I want you to go down there and I want you to pray this dream that out of Seattle there'll be what Starbucks has multiplied, all that God himself is releasing a, 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 a celestial sound wow. out of Seattle, out of the Northwest. 
a celestial sound, and it will be a siren that actually challenges the demonic spirits wow. of the of the culture, the the sexual cultures, and all right, this, right, right. and that is going to multiply by an apostolic anointing wow. that rests on Seattle. It was the wrong sound. Today he's recovered. Today we went down there and we claimed wow. the sound yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of a mass multiplication of apostolic power and a prophetic sound out of the northwest i have been rocked all yeah, day here on. let me tell you i'm mobilizing <laughs> a million esters to the mall wow. let's go and here it is ishtar if you read if you read jonathan khan's book the last thing the ishtar is the goddess of the lgbtq i don't even know if i should be saying this on this El, you read his book it is unbelievable the revelation of it and he basically, this spirit has come to possess, mm. repossess America. And it's the transgender goddess. You look through the Mesopotamian gods, this was who she was. Right, wow. right. And here's the deal. What rocks me is that Esther is a play on Ishtar. Wow. Esther actually, <laughs> Esther actually means, uh, comes from Ishtar. She grows up in the Ishtar culture. Wow. And as an Esther, she overthrows Ishtar. So when we Beautiful. went to challenge abortion right. in D.C., uh, I wrote a, a prayer right. in Starbucks right next to our house of prayer. Whoa. And it was, Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion, send revival. The Lord began to speak to me today. You had no idea what you were doing. You were bringing the blood into Starbucks. It's the only thing wow. that will break the power of this spirit. And we told our kids, don't go to Starbucks. I want you to take the money that you would give to Starbucks and we'll call it Esther Bucks. Now... I think I was prophesying right, right, the right. day when a million esters might go to the mall. Right, 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 and right, they would right. literally break through that by crying out, for their children have gone into the Ishtar, wow. the LGBT, the spirit that's coming into our education systems right, right. and the like. I believe I was prophesying back then to a moment, and I think it all starts in Seattle. Wow. Which is that dream that I've shared with yes, you. Yes, yes, share it again. Yeah, it was the dream that this man, James Ryle, he was a prophet to the Promise Keepers movement. He actually, I understand, was the prophet that went to Coach McCartney and launched the movement of, Pro of Promise Keepers. So here's wow. a prophecy. And he has a dream, and in this dream, he, 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 he sees this storm cloud mm. over the Northwest, and it is a powerful storm coming, but it's the storm of revival. Mm. It's not the storm of the Right. But in the dream, a map appears, and over the map it says abortion, blood dripping from it, wow. and the storm shudders to a stop, stops. But a man from the Midwest reaches out, grabs the storm, and pulls it from the Northwest into all of America. Wow. And I'm rocked by this dream because I think the man from the Northwest was promise keepers. But I talked to the president of Promise Keepers. He said, the thing we didn't do is we didn't go full bore after abortion. Wow. But this is what I think it means. But when Roe v. Wade yeah. ended, yeah. it yes. was a sign. When yes. Roe v. Wade, abortion ends, it's time to pull on the wow. storm. Wow. The storm of the Northwest. Yeah. And That's it. So out of, out of Oregon, this, this Her Voice movement challenged, challenging the bell culture, 
raising up a million women Esthers and Mordecais to go to the mall. I think Oregon and 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 Washington are like God's center right now. Wow. And th- I think that's why I'm here to be with you guys to see what's going on. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's crazy. Well, I think what's wild too is, you know, from kind of a geographic uh, uh, perspective, people would look at Washington and Oregon as kind of being maybe the leading centers of places that are anti-Christ, anti-gospel, right, right. secular progressive, full into this kind of gender ideology, right. like nothing could be further from a quote unquote revival <laughs> moment. And to me, right. it's the pattern of God all throughout history to choose what man wouldn't and raise it up. Yeah. And it reminds me of the song of Mary, which I called a first Christmas carol ever written <laughs> after the angel Gabriel says, you're going to be with child. She said, how can this be? But she said, let it be unto me according to this word. And then she begins to sing. God has exalted the lowly. He has remembered Israel. God has drawn close to the broken. And I think about that in the context of the Northwest, a place that has been ravaged socially, politically, religiously. You know, they call the Northwest a church planter's graveyard. They say, this is where pastors come to die. This is where leaders are run off and they flee to other states. This is the place where revival comes to die. And the first time I ever talked with you on the phone, when we just started dreaming and believing, what could it look like to bring Pastor Lou out and have him just minister and just prophesy into the region? You know, you you begin to ask me a question on the phone and I'll never forget forget it. Really? You, you asked me this question on the phone and, and, and you know, like when you get a question from a prophet, it'll burn in you until God releases an answer. Yeah. And so you asked me this question and it, came, it became like fire trapped in my bones. You said, Russ, could this be the time for revival in the Northwest? <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, the answer to that question is yes, right, because right. if not us, then who? And if not now, then when? We have never needed it more than we need it right now. Right. And that's why we boldly wave that flag, revival or we die, because it is God's hope for the nation. And I believe it's true, Lou. It could spring up from a place just like Washington or just like Oregon. Wow. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's powerful. I remember... Years, maybe 30 years ago, Chris Berglund, my friend, and I went, came to Washington. We met a man who maybe has been the intercessor for America in Washington State. His name is Dick Simmons. Did you know who he was? I've I've heard the name. I've heard the name. He ends up being in Washington, D.C., And we end up living in his condo facing the Supreme Court building, praying for pro-life judges. Mm. 18 years, he's passed away. But I've always felt, I, a, a man named Bob Birch out of Canada, there was a conference here and we met with him. And I think there's something of an intercessory authority that's coming out of Washington State that affects Washington, D.C. Wow, 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 wow. It's interesting that he ends up there in Washington, D.C. In fact, his story is quite remarkable. He said, I was in the day in the days of, uh, in New York City, and he said, we would pray eight hours a day, groaning, Lord of the harvest, thrust forth laborers into the harvest field. Mm-hmm. In fact, one night, he was on the Hudson River at midnight, crying out loud, God, send forth laborers into the harvest field. The police come to arrest him. 
because he's disturbing the peace. <laughs> I think it's time to disturb the peace. Yes, yes. He doesn't know while he's praying that he's praying for the gangs of New York City. A man in Pennsylvania named Wilkerson they, is looking at a magazine and God breaks his heart over the gangs of New York. His prayer launched David Wilkerson wow. into that great movement, yeah. crossing, crossing the, the switchblade. switchblade. I think I've always felt that in Washington, God is going to raise up intercessors, which is my calling. Right. Fasting, prayer, intercession for revival and awakening. Bob Jones, that great prophet, Dick Simmons went to him once and he said, I'm leaving D.C. There's nothing going on. He says, God says it's okay, but if you leave, he's leaving with you. I'm leaving Oh, he looked for a man to stand in the gap. Yeah. I think you guys are standing in the gap. Wow. And, you know, it could be over my dead body, persecution, all this. But I just think we're in a day, yeah. and I'm pulling on that cloud. I'm, I'm actually saying, look, the dream of the man from the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest. I just, I just said, Lord, I want to inject myself into that narrative. Wow. Wow. I wow. know wow. that wow. wasn't the original. Wow. I wasn't the original. But I think we need to inject yes, ourselves right. into historic, yes, yes. prophetic narratives. Mm -hmm. right, if right. we don't, then we'll just play a sideline part. Right. I mean, so I've injected. I'm here to pull on that cloud tonight. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. Can you tell me about uh, the moment when you heard the news that Roe v. Wade had been overturned? what that was like for you as somebody who led the intercession movement to end abortion. What was that like when you got that call, read uh, that news? Well, I was on a plane, and my spiritual daughter from Texas, uh, Dallas, she calls me on the plane. And uh, her story, she, she, she uh, I, I prophesied over her, and she went up and down uh, uh, California mm -hmm. to Hispanics, and mobilize pro-life, take a standing in front of abortion clinics with that life tape. She's very dear to me. She calls me on the phone. She said, Lou, Roe v. Wade's overturned. I begin weeping on the plane. You know that passage, we were like those who dreamed. Wow. You know. The Lord restored the fortunes yeah. of Zion. We were like those who dreamed. It was it was just unbelievable. And my team in in uh, in Washington in Washington, DC went down to the Supreme Court that day and with their tape, and they took their tape off. Wow. It had won 18 years of taking a stand in blizzards and in heat. Our, our motto was, when the victors, when they come, when the force of folly fall, find my body near the wall. In other words, when they come celebrating Roe v. Wade's over, they'll stand on our bodies. Right. That will be the, I've, I've, I've thought that I want to see revival, but maybe more than anything, I want to be the guy that was birth revival. I gave myself yeah, 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 yeah. and paid, paid that price. There, there, and these, these women start gathering around them and just cursing them. Wow. Since the devils were raging. Wow. And here they are standing there, and Roe v. Wade is no more. Now it's a battle for every state. But, sure. right. but I believe an ultra bail failed, fell there. I believe Satan fell like lightning and has given us an open door wow. to the next stage of my journey, right. which is 100,000 LGBT. Wow, 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 wow. wow. I, I think one of the things that's so interesting to me and, and maybe one of the things that a lot of people misunderstand about your journey 
is I think they know the Lou that stands in Nashville with 77,000, right. stands on the mall in D.C. with half a million. They know the Lou that fills the stadiums, and it's almost like they think that you just kind of woke up one day, <laughs> you were an overnight success, and all of a sudden people are just knocking down your door, figuring out how they could mobilize hundreds of thousands of young people to pray for revival in all of these strategic places. But actually a story that I heard recently, I was wondering if you could elaborate on it because I think it's phenomenal and I think it speaks to the significance of simple obedience when it's not celebrated by anybody around you. And it's the story of you mowing lawns and praying and feeling something in your heart as God was beginning to stir it, but you're just mowing lawns. You're just being faithful to the next lawn that's in front of you, probably feeling like, does this even matter for eternity? (laughs) Does God even care how many lawns I cut? (laughs) But God using kind of those moments of your life to form you into the person who you are. Because one of my concerns for this generation is that we want to skip the formation process. And when we look even at David being anointed by Samuel, it was 22 years before he was ever ascended to the throne. He was anointed as a shepherd. And I think sometimes we think I'm going to get anointed on a Monday and I'm going to fill a stadium on a Tuesday. And then I'm going to be nationally prominent on a Wednesday, write a bestseller on a Thursday, open a mega church on a Friday. And then we get all depressed because God don't do it in our timeline. I often say it this way. I say we live in a microwave generation, but we serve a crockpot God. And so for you, uh, it was just, it was this year, it was this year that I heard the story about you cutting grass. And I was like, if there's one message our generation needs, it's the God who was with Lou when he was cutting grass. Could you just elaborate on that? Thank you for asking that question, because it really is the story. You know, I I went to seminary. I got saved in the 70s. You know, those guys from Pennsylvania put me on a hit list, most wanted, least likely to be saved. They prayed for me for three years. (laughs) I go back to California. I get radically saved in the Jesus movement. And then I move back to Pennsylvania. I'm just drawn. And I step into a revival culture, a little country church at the edge of town. And I go to seminary, and I go there for two years, and I find two guys, not even in seminary, who are gripped with revival, a high schooler. And we made a vow to seek Acts chapter 2, no matter what it cost us. And, uh, uh, and I couldn't find Acts 2 in seminary. So we had this divine setup, ended up going to Maryland wow. and uh, looking for Acts chapter 2. Yeah. And I said to the guys when we were going there, they're going to raise me up in one year to be a pastor. Mm. <laughs> I didn't find Acts 2, I found a wife. <laughs> and that was even better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mowed lawns for five years. It became my seminary. I just pray in tongues behind a mower that no one could hear me. And this became my seminary. Wow. And I, I remember those days thinking that very thing. What am I doing? People said to me, Lou, you got to get a career. And I'm for that. God leads you. You got to get a career, Lou, you know. And I said, my career is revival. I I can't do anything else. And so for five years, I mowed lawn. I remember being in a basement of apartment complex, sweeping with a mass before COVID with red (laughs) dust everywhere. And suddenly the Lord whispered, I've called you to be an instrument of revival. I started dancing in the dust. Wow. And I look back to those moments. And, uh, and then maybe I could add one more story. So that was my seminary, five years mowing lawns. But then, interestingly, 
People asked me the question. They said, Lou, what was, what was the thing, the one thing that made your life, that brought you forth into your calling? An angel, an encounter? I said, no, it wasn't that. It was a church split. Mm. It was a church split. Most of the prophetic friends went to the green grass of prophecy and left. Mm. And the Lord told me and spoke to me, you stay in this church, in this split, and you become the best intercessor for the pastors you don't like. That was the defining moment for me. And uh, I, had, I had to, um, I, I, I made a decision. I'm going to stay submitted to spiritual authority. Wow. I had no idea that that would lead to the next year, Cheon inviting me to be a part of uh, a, a, uh, his evangelistic group. Right. And one night he came to me and he said, Lou, where do you want to go to plant a church? If you would go, I said, go to Los Angeles, plant a church among the Hispanics. He said, I had a dream of a black man saying, come to Los Angeles, there's going to be a revival. I want you to come with me. I need a praying man. (laughs) And you know what? I was pretty much a failure as a pastor. I never created. I went to my pastor, Che, and I said, you know, I I didn't really build anything. He says, it doesn't matter, Lou. What you bring are the intangibles. He was a great leader that could see something in me that was beyond just the ability to make his church grow. And, and, and then the revival came, mm. 1990, 1994, and uh, the, rest is, the rest is pretty much history. Yeah. But I look about it, it was, a, it was a moment when I said, God, I'm going to stay in the church, and I'm not going to run to the green grass of prophetic excitement. Right. I'm going to stay in the discipleship, the formation process, just what you said. Yeah. And that was the building... Then I then I look over that over those seasons and you know I rarely preached. I knew I was the best preacher. That's why they wouldn't let me preach because <laughs> I had no character. I led prayer meetings for years, small prayer meetings. Wow. And then in the nineties, I began to tra- travel a bit and, re- and small groups of high schoolers and, uh, and and teach on fasting and prayer. And then then as you know the story, I, I prayed one night. How can I turn America back to God? I knew I would touch God. And a woman comes to me two, two month, weeks later. She said, you don't know who I am. But the Lord told me to pay your salary this year. Because wow. you're going to start something with the youth of America will change the destiny of the nation in prayer. Mm. She said, and as promise keepers put a million men on the mall. Lou, I want to give you $100,000 to launch a movement. She paid my salary for 15 years. She's 100 years old in 10 days. She's still alive. Wow. She doesn't know me anymore, but God knows her. Yeah. She filled stadiums wow. financing a prophetic prayer move. But it's an unbelievable story. Yeah. And this year, right today, it actually was on the 2nd, but now it was on Labor the Labor Day weekend. Right now, I'm standing in the 23rd anniversary. I don't think it's an accident that I'm right here right. In, in Seattle. And uh, I walked onto the mall at 5.30 in the morning. Some of our guys thought maybe 20,000 would show up. At 5.30 in the morning, with a little hint of light dawning, as far as I could see, they'd gathered all night. They, did, mm. they slept on the mall. And by 7.30, the park police said there's 270,000, and they're jamming the metros. Wow. They're coming from everywhere. Yeah. And... Uh, I, re- I feel the Lord speak to me. You see, Lou, 
Luke 180. It's a 180. Luke 180. He was in the in the desert until the day of his public appearance. Right. He said, you've been faithful of small little prayer meetings for so all these good. years. Now, I'm just going to pull the curtain. You just do your little prayer meeting to 450,000. Wow. And it was a day of public appearance. Yeah. And I want to say one thing. I saw the vision. That lady saw it. Uh, it was birthed in 40 days of mm. fasting and prayer. Right. But here's what happened. After a year of mobilization in 1999, what happened was it crashed. Wow. I remember kneeling down in Canada saying, it's done. I can't do it. I right. surrender it. There's no way. I, it was the death of a vision. I come back to Pasadena and Cheon, an apostle, comes up to me. He said, Lou, I had an encounter with God. He told me to help you put those kids on the mall. I'm going to lay down my church. I'm going to lay down Harvest International Ministries. I've gone to my kids. They said, do it, Dad. And he laid it down, and the apostolic Starbucks yeah. created and put it on the ground what I could only be a siren about. Right. This is why prophets and apostles must move together. Yeah. It, it's the way it works. Yep. And I wanted to tell that story because sometimes we sometimes we think we can do it all. Yeah. I just know my place. Right. I'm gonna speak and create movement. Wow. And I, I wanna be a siren. Yeah. But guys like you with an apostolic ground, can put it on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Why shouldn't we see it? That Seattle football field. Right. Filled. God will give us dreams. He'll loose it. And God will give an apostolic anointing for yeah. it. We'll shake the whole, whole city. Yeah. Anyway, that's a little bit of my story. Yeah. I think you said something really interesting. You said the that when you first felt that desire, it was the axe to at all costs. I think today what we're kind of seeing, I think, is in this divide, honestly, in this generation is we're, we're information heavy and we seek knowledge. And the generation that we're in is like, oh, I want to know things. And I want things to make sense. But I think it's part of, I think of Paul with Eutychus. When Eutychus falls out the window, he's preaching upon hours upon hours. But then what does he have to do? He has to give a demonstration of power for this man to come back to life. I, maybe you could speak to the importance of acts to at all costs in this generation that people are seeking. You said something interesting yesterday. Pastor Russell said, he's like, how dare we bring people into this building? How dare we bring people in here and not demonstrate the power? How do not give them an opportunity for an encounter with the living God? Yeah. So maybe you could speak to the importance of, hey, we're filling stadiums. This is because of the living God with a real power, a real tangible presence. What does acts to at all costs look like in this day, in this generation? For me, acts, acts, two, uh, acts 2 was actually preceded by, uh, by Joel 2. See, my calling, when I see you guys, the miracles, that's never been my calling. It's not even been my passion. Wow. I just want to fast. I want to move angels and demons mm. and, and, with prayer. And I look at you guys coming, and I'm thinking, that's the fruit. You see, Jesus never started his apostolic movement without him going into a fasting movement. Right. My message, I wrote a book called The Jesus Fast. The message is Jesus' fast was not an anomaly. It was not an anomaly. It was a prototype of what will release the last day's apostolic wow. signs. Wow. So he comes out of his 40-day fast. Those who sit in darkness see a great light. He comes and he unrolls his own scroll. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wow. The spirit of the right. Lord is upon me as preceded by a prayer fasting movement. Beautiful. And I feel I've come here to actually, you're already walking in it, but I got this burden in my heart to raise up something that touches, uh, uh, touches the source realm wow. 
of demonic powers with fasting and prayer. So I can't even answer the question. I yeah. just know what my calling is. And Benny helped me last night. Remember what he said? Stick with your calling. Wow. And I thought, Lord, I'm just going to stick with my calling. I've, I've wondered, am I to come here to fast 40 days with right. a company of people? Those are the questions I ask. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. That's beautiful. Do the apostolic, do the signs and wonders. And I think there's probably folks in your church that just want to pray. Mm. And we find those people and we bring, give them a platform Come on. To, to help birth these things. Anyway, that's my answer that's to the question. That's powerful. I mean, that was probably for me the most impactful statement Pastor Benny made last night. Stay in your calling. And I thought to myself, and it hit you as you were sitting next to me, and it hit me too. And I thought to myself, <clears throat> there is such this temptation that we face right, right. to <clears throat> begin to overperform or act outside of the lane of grace that God Good. has wow. given us. Right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that old axiom. They go, every, every senior pastor wants to be the worship pastor. Yeah. Every worship pastor want to be the teaching pastor. <laughs> every teaching pastor want to be the evangelist. You know, we, we naturally, you know, as, as, as a default of the human condition, have this anxious envy right. of the way that other people are gifted or hardwired, always looking at it through the lens of what would it be like if I could just have that thing. But when you find a man or, or a woman dedicated to the calling of God, yeah. who is content to stay in that call until God does what he has promised to do, I'm reminded <laughs> of Anna in the temple. Right who served the Lord in right. prayer and in fasting. Right. And the Lord had promised her, you will see the consolation of Israel. Yeah. And when the parents of Jesus take him to be dedicated in the temple, I mean, their response is, I can now go home. The work is finished. Wow. I, I stayed in my call. Wow. And I'm like, man, that is the message Ooh, that we need in a generation that has such short-term anxious focus where one thing to the next, spiritual ADD, the inability to put your hand to the plow and not look back. Where are the Annas that are saying, I'm going to serve God in the temple with prayers and with fastings, and I refuse to be moved until I see the consolation. Right. And that's the word actually the Lord gave me several months ago. He said, Russell, contend for the consolation of the Pacific Northwest. Come on. That God would bring wow. back together what the enemy has scattered. Right. And that's why I think it's, it's so cool and it's of prophetic importance that we are today in Wendell Smith's building in Seattle. One of the last, you know, real true and authentic apostolic voices in the Northwest right. who, was, who, who, who went home to see Jesus as the result of a terminal illness, but forever impacted the region. Yeah, and I feel like if we could grab the baton and keep on running, then maybe the God of Wendell could become the God of he us. Hebrews 11, <laughs> apart from them, yes. apart from us, they are yeah. incomplete. Right. We right. must think long-term fulfillment of right. the prophetic words. If I don't see it, I'm giving it to the next generation yes. to yes. carry yes. on. I'm yes. looking for a double portion. Mm. This but I could cry just even when we talk this way. Yeah. You know, I remember in my earliest days hearing a message on Daniel. And they had to drag, pull me out of the 
building, basically, table car, weeping, weeping. I didn't know why. All I know, the Lord was witnessing to me wow. that it was a, I had a call like right. Daniel. I didn't understand him. Mm. 2009, I go into the wilderness to fast for 40 days with my friends, and I have a dream that my belly is being operated on. And I wake up right before I, have, or right before I go into the woods, and I said, Lord, are you trying to make me a Daniel where I can uh, operate on my appetites so I can move angels and demons in fasting and prayer like him, even at age 83? Daniel chapter 10. In the middle of that fast, a, a, a woman sends a dream that she had, and she says, I saw this dream. You were fasting and you were sleeping, and five angels came into your, be into your bedroom, and they operated on your belly. And they took the book of Daniel, lit it on fire, wow. and sealed it into your belly. And all these young people began coming to you. And they had shirts called the Sons of Thunder. I'm wondering if I'm looking at them. Wow. I'm wondering if I'm looking at them. Wow. I, 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 I want to do, I've said, Lord, give me, let me at least live to 83, 84. He's moving demonic powers. One man. Over a whole empire, the Prince of Persia. Yeah. This and an archangel comes to him and says, Oh man, mm. greatly beloved. This yeah. is heaven's yeah. estimate of you. Wow. I that's my dream. Wow. If I don't have to preach, I mean I do preach. <laughs> but I but I want to give that yes. to a whole new generation. Right, right. right and God right. has really spoken to raise up Daniels yeah. who can win the battle in the heavens. Wow. Northwest needs this. Yeah. Wow. Dick Simmons. Wow. <laughs> Stay in your calling. That, yeah. that may be so. I remember comparing myself to Cheon. Mm. Sure. Cheon would win people every day to crush. Sure, sure. For me, it was like a 20-year program. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I pray that I don't have to sit by anybody in the airplane. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I just right, want right. to meditate. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. right. So the, but see, but I came to the point, mm -hmm. do not compare yourself. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know my lane. Wow. Right, right, right. And you know your lane, and you know your right. lane. And we need to be filled with confidence mm. that we're walking in that lane. Wow. Hallelujah. That's beautiful. Hey, uh, Lou, in closing, I'm just wondering um, if you would just take some time to uh, pray uh, over the region and um, pray into what, you know, God has shown you and, and, and what you believe that he's going to be releasing this weekend. And and uh, man, we're excited for service happening tonight. Man, God's going to do really some incredible things. But it's such an honor uh, to be able to uh, host you. It's been a dream of mine. And to see it come uh, full circle in this strategic hour, it's like the sons of Issachar who knew the times mm -hmm. and the seasons. I'm reminded even as you're talking about Daniel, the angel says, I heard your prayer on the first day. Yeah. But there was a battle. And I feel like the Lord, even as you were talking about Daniel, was like, I... I, I heard your prayer for a hero like Lou on the first day, but he's here now. Wow. And I just really sense something significant wow. is yeah. going to break loose in my life, yeah. Josiah's life, our church's life yeah. this evening. And I'm just wondering if you could end us in a time. Yeah. I certainly will. I just want to say, usually the promises of God have a long, long tether. Yeah. You've you got to stick it in out yeah. for the long haul. Yeah, I pondered that Caleb sees uh, sees the, the the city where the giants are, 
And he goes back, has to wonder for 40 years. He never wonders. He's living in the promised land of what he saw. Dreams are like the spies. Mm. They show you what's there, but it takes him 40 years. Wow. Really 45 years. Can a generation, can you guys stick with this vision mm. long enough to see it break up? This is the message for kids. Yeah. You have... You, in some ways, God gives, he gives Joseph a dream, and it takes him 17 years of betrayal, mm -hmm. testings, mm -hmm. to qualify for the fulfillment of the dream. Wow. This is a word that we need to hold on to. Brothers and sisters, stick with it long right. enough. And when you've heard the voice of the Lord, don't get jaded on prophecy and get bitter because you got hurt by a pastor or it didn't Come look on. like the dream yeah, yeah, yeah. came out the way you stick around. You've got job security. Yeah. Father, I pray right mm. now. I do believe we're mm. in the time of something churning. Yes. I don't know, fully understand it. I, I, I think of when the prophetic explosions took place mm. in Luke chapter one with John the Baptist, mm. the prophetic explosions taking place with Mary but then it was 30 years until the fulfillment of those Lord I am asking though whatever is going right now all these years I am asking we want to see it these be the days of revival but I'm asking you to for that you would help the youth of the northwest mm -hmm. to lay hold of something give them endurance run the agony the race yes. sets before them for uh, uh, around the race that they may fulfill their calling and the calling of this outpouring. But today, we believe we're in a moment of something of fulfillment. Yes. We, Lord, we don't know how long, but right now, the three of us, we reach mm -hmm. in agreement mm -hmm. to the storm cloud. <laughs> Over the Northwest, yes. Roe has fallen. It's time in the most liberal places of this nation to see a revival. Lord, a breakout of 100,000 LGBT being saved. I reach with my friends into the cloud and I pull this revival into America. In Jesus' name, right now we pray. I am praying that all those that are listening, that God, you would give them something from heaven that they don't have to... Just depend on someone else's vision. Give them their own visions. I pray and I release dreams over all those that are listening. Callings that are on their lives. I pray God unfolded, ignited even right now in these seasons. I am asking you to raise up apostles. Lord, Starbucks. I'm asking you, God, to raise up apostles that will multiply apostolic kingdom works all across Oregon, Montana, over uh, 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 Washington State. Let this word fly for such a time as this. And I, want to, I pray for these men. Mm. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you, God, that you would keep them from the pitfalls, mm. that you would cause them to be covered and shielded, that God, when they're surrounded by accusations and enemies, mm -hmm. you would be a shield about them, mm -hmm. the glory and the lifter of their heads. Lord, I bless my brothers, mm -hmm. that God and our sisters, mm -hmm. that they, Lord, will see with their own eyes. Mm -hmm. And maybe me, as a Simeon, mm -hmm. I could say, I've seen with my own eyes the great revival. I can go home now. Mm -hmm. Let it be, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the Pursuit Table Talk podcast. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on our socials at The Pursuit NW and check us out online at thepursuitnw.com.